Welcome to the Open Church Podcast, a place for disciples to be made. So tonight, we want to um, continue the series of, of open, of, of proclaiming the idea of what is open church. We've looked at the over, overall idea of having an open heart, open lives, um, and open doors. And then we are starting to concentrate to look deeper on the subjects. We started with looking at um, what, what, how do we start having an open heart? Tonight we're going to look at the reason for an open life, for our lives to be open, and what that means. The base scriptures for this is out of John, John 13, 31 through 33. And so we're going to read that first. Jesus says these words, The Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And to introduce this concept of open lives, why they're so critical. Why do we have the mechanism of the church? Why is it critical in the life of the believer? Well, first and foremost, Jesus is very, very clear. He says, the Son of Man is glorified. And the Son of Man's glory relates to God's glory. And the church's glory is a direct representation of Jesus' glory. He is leaving the world at the time that he's speaking to the church in John 13. And he says, this is how you will glorify me. This is how other people will know that there's something different going on in your church, in your community of believers. They're going to know something different is going on by your love for one another. And that's a great concept. It's Jesus' concept. It's one of the three pillars of the idea of having an open church. However, I think we need to take a step back and take a closer look at what's the purpose? Why are we commanded to have open lives? So I want to um, go to Hebrews 10. Um, this is really going to be the base scriptures. This is where we're going to kind of do a little uh, contextual um, reading, um, some exposition on really what does it take for a church to be open? What does it take for the body of believers to share in one another's lives and bring glory to God? So Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Um, after just amazing, if you've never read the book of Hebrews, if it's been a while, I encourage you to go back and read the book of Hebrews. It's amazing. It's very, very affirming in our faith. But after uh, all of this commentary, the scripture on 
what it takes to live a life as a believer. Um, as Hebrews is starting to come to a close, uh, the writer of Hebrews gets bolder and bolder and says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has inaugurated for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we deliberately sin after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire about to consume the adversaries. These are amazing words. That last part is kind of where I want to jump off. What is the point of, of open lives? Why is the church a mandate? Why is it mandated by Jesus? Why does it continue through the writings of the New Testament? Why are we commanded to gather together as believers? First and foremost, the people that you surround yourself with have a great influence on you. I mean, this is proven all over the place. It's proven by secular science. Um, it's proven in, you can just go to a high school um, you can think about your own life and you can think about different seasons of your own life and you can think about the people that you uh, were on the road with, so to speak, the people uh, who had the greatest influence on you. And as much as pop culture influences people, as much as even parents influence young people and, and even as we grow up, our greatest influence are our friends, the people that we are surrounding ourselves with. And if you're a believer, if you say, I am a follower of Jesus, then it is natural that you need to surround yourself with fellow believers. It's absolutely imperative. And why is it imperative? The writer of, of Hebrews does an amazing job of painting the picture um, so clearly, saying, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. See, the concept of an open life, of, of doing life together, of being the church, The, the, the very core of it is promoting love. And what does that even mean? Well, whenever we're in a bubble, whenever we're isolated, whenever we're going about our normal lives, what are our normal tendencies? 
Well, I think for a great many people, I think our normal tendencies seem seem to be survival, taking care of needs, taking care of the things that we need in our life, our families. Um, we take care of that. And those are, are good things. I'm not saying that they're not. But we have a tendency to become isolationists, if you will. We have a tendency to kind of close off our environment, to make it super close and closed off whenever we're left to our own devices. But the church is not that way. The church is supposed to be an interaction of believers. It's supposed to be a sharing of ideas, a sharing of thought process, a sharing of what is going on. And the purpose of that is to promote love, not just selfish love, not just human nature love, but the love of Christ. And it starts by being able to love the people in your church by caring for one another. But that love doesn't, it doesn't stop there. It's not supposed to. It's supposed to go further. But we'll, we'll get into that whenever we talk a little more about um, open doors. But it, before we can have an open door in our church, before we can, can reach out to the community around us, we have to evaluate a couple of things. One is, are we connected in our church? How well do you know the people who attend your church? Are there people in your church you don't know? Really found an interesting story uh, this last week was told by um, a couple of leaders at, at a church that the pandemic time of the last few months has actually been a bit of a godsend. There was a couple in their, their church who would just come on Sundays, um, but really wouldn't connect any other part of the week. And through the pandemic, um, in quarantine, they realized that they lived really close. And so they started going on walks together. And now they're becoming closer and closer and closer. But this does not happen until we're willing to take a look. And it, and it really starts with, with at our church, willing to take a look and ask the hard question, are there people here that I don't know anything about? that I know very little about? How much are we willing to go out of our way to have a meal with somebody? How much are we willing to um, uh, just coexist on this world? Um, maybe try some things. Um, you know, some people, uh, maybe just a board game night. Um, depending on where you are, maybe you invite them over for a cookout. There's a lot of natural ways to do this that don't have to feel forced, that don't have to feel fake. But the point is, is that we've got to do it. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, then it is a mandate to have an open life, to be a part of your church, to be active, to love one another. And there's some pretty clear reasons. I want to point this out in the scriptures of Hebrews 10 and in Verse 26 is so interesting, um, and I'll lead up to it. It says, verse 25, Not staying away from our meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
For if we deliberately sinned after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Instead, there's a terrifying expectation of judgment. Those are strong words. Whenever I've read them, and, and I've read them many times, but in studying for this lesson, those who are disconnected, those people who claim to be believers and followers of Jesus, who are disconnected from their local church, have a tendency to live in great fear. And they don't always know it. And what do I mean by that? I want you to, to, to think about this for a moment. You're disconnected from your church. Um, you're not interacting. Um, we've already seen in Hebrews that the purpose of the church is to encourage each other for love and good works. It's to encourage us on the road um, of Christ, of the journey that we're on. Now, I want you to think, if, if you've ever been at a point where you've disconnected yourself or something happened and you were disconnected from your church, and then you hit hard times, something happens. And I don't know about you, but I've seen too many people do this, where they feel like they could never go back to church. There's almost a sense of shame that they weren't there, and so they can't go back, or they weren't involved. And so there's no place for them anymore. That is not true. That's the great thing about the redemption of Christ. His arms are always open for you. The fact is, that's the way the church needs to be. It needs to be a grounding force that even for those who walk away, that we are prepared to extend grace whenever uh, even people who have walked away from attendance fall on those hard times. And so we can bring them back because without the community of believers, whenever tough times happen, it becomes hard to cope, becomes hard to deal with. People start becoming isolated. It is such a pleasure and it is such a gift to have people who I have physically gone to church with, who we've talked numerous times, and at this point they're getting all around the world. It is such a pleasure to have people I can call, I can reach out to, and say things like pray for me, or have a deep, long conversation about something spiritual going on in my life, or even something else, and, and to have these people in my life, these fellow uh, followers of Jesus, and to have them in my life where I can reach out to, and they can encourage me, but they can also keep me away from fear. They can inspire me. And I want to fully realize this. The fact is, some of our churches aren't healthy. The fact is, there are some members of almost every church that's not healthy. Remember, the 12 apostles had Judas, also had you know, the apostles who just kind of ran away whenever Jesus was facing the hard times. Disagreements in the church have happened 
from the very beginning. Peter and Paul go go at it. Um, Paul and, and John Mark have a falling out. And then at the latter part of, of Paul's life, he calls for John Mark. You can read all that in Acts. Um, Paul and Barnabas, one of the strongest missionary du- duos ever, um, split because of the disagreement with John Mark. And I just bring up some of these because I hope they encourage you. Disagreements will happen. There will be sometimes hard moments. Because we're human. And I love this terminology. We're all just a bunch of ragamuffins on this road. We're all a bunch of ragamuffins on this journey for a way home. And we know Jesus. But he's shaping us and he's molding us. So this is a process. It's not a time to give up. If you struggle with that, that's the purpose of open churches for a place for disciples to be made. That way, um, you know, as this journey continues, we're going to give resources and we're going to encourage um, and and emails and be able to do do these things where we can encourage one another and then we can go back to our local church and be a part. It's kind of like this. I want to give this illustration. I used to love collecting rocks um, when I was younger. And there was this one time we had uh, a tumbler, a rock tumbler, and and they're really, really pretty neat. And with a rock tumbler, uh, you put the rocks in and and they tumble against each other. Um, And they're these rough, kind of ugly rocks with some grit in them. And as they're tumbling, they start to smooth. And whenever you open the rock tumbler, um, after it does its magic, so to speak, uh, you have these beautiful, smooth rocks that don't even quite look the same because um, they've polished each other and uh, they've brought out the grains and, and the different colors of the rock. And it's quite a gorgeous thing. Well, my friend, the church is much like that. We have to tumble against each other. We have to be willing to sometimes stick it in there even through the hard times, even through the gritty times, because it polishes us and it helps us to be more faithful to Jesus, to, to pursue him more, to trust him more. It's, it's amazing. Um, our relationships within our church, especially in those moments where they're hard, those are the moments where we pray harder, where we seek God more. Well, please don't let, ever let, what happens in a church, any problems that may arise drive you away because it's the tumbling together that eventually makes the smooth, beautiful stones. It's the tumbling together of believers that helps us be faithful to God, to love each other more, and to be able to reach out to the world around us um, and be willing to engage. See, uh, having an open life uh, with our church, being involved in our local church, it helps us, it encourages us to persevere. Uh, You know, you go back to this. Let us hold to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And what day is that talking about that is talking about tribulation? That's talking about the evil day. That's talking about those hard times. The hard times, when your life gets rough, when it's busy, according to the Bible, that is an indicator to push back, stop, reevaluate. Because in the life of a believer, Jesus should absolutely be first. Your family, but you can't take that too far. There's a lot of people who will stay away from church because they're doing certain things with their families. And they'll lose connection. And then they lose encouragement. We, we have to make sure God, and yes, our families, and then our church. And if the job's always making us work overtime, if there's always something more to do, if we just can never catch up, well, maybe we have to reevaluate everything. But the answer is never to ditch church. To ditch our gatherings of believers. And it could look different. You know, there's some people who may have to work Sundays. And so maybe what you need to do is be looking for a, a gathering of believers who's meeting someday during the week. Um, it's one of the things that I advocate for in this 24-7 world. And, and, and the truth is, is, as places are lifting quarantine, we're getting back to that. And so as the church, I think it's important for us to find creative ways to minister to people. And that may be we have a Sunday morning service. We may have like a Wednesday night or something, but maybe we should just do like a Thursday morning as well. And here's the reason for that. We need to give opportunity for people to be a part of the church. Because Jesus always gave opportunity to follow him. And then you start tumbling around with fellow followers. And that's what helps smooth out those edges. To demand a person comes, you know, you have to be here on Sunday morning or you're not part of the church. That's not, that's not what I'm advocating for. And so I want to make sure I'm crystal clear on that. But having open lives, being part of a local congregation, body of believers, encourages us to persevere even during the hard moments. So it helps us, it frees us from fears. Um, it encourages us to persevere. And it helps us to open the door to others to, to be on this journey with us. Back going to, to John 13, and I mean Hebrews 10, it talks about, um, and let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. In John 13, 31, Jesus says, you know, after he talks about the glory of God in him and the glory of him and us as believers uh, being unified together, loving one another. Jesus says, that's how other people are going to know that you're my followers. Not because you uh, raise the Christian flag, um, not because you're part of the right political party, um, not because uh, you stand in picket lines for certain things. The way that people are going to know that you're his follower is your love for your fellow Christian. Not your fellow man, 
although we are commanded to love our neighbor and to look out for sure. But the church is the proving ground. It is the place that we're supposed to engage with as believers and to help each other to formulate deeper relationships, to encourage one another's uh, one another to love and those good works. And we do that together as the body of Christ. We're not supposed to stay away from our church. Our church is supposed to be something very important. And I want to give a couple of things real quick. Maybe you're in a church and you're, uh, you're, you're maybe, maybe something's going on and you're discouraged. I understand that. I understand that. And sometimes that can take a long time to get over. Can I encourage you to pray? The fact is God does sometimes in, in, in our 21st century world, he does sometimes call us to go somewhere else, to another church. Um, it's both a benefit and a cursing of, of the modern church. Um, in the original church, it started out where basically each area had its one church. But as they grew, and this is within the first you know, 15, 20 years, uh, they had to split into multiple churches in a city, multiple fellowships. Um, and now we have multiple fellowships on the same road. Uh, my parents live on a road. I think they counted this up. There's like five or seven churches within, you know, so much of a, of a radius, probably five mile radius or something like that. Um, that can both be both a blessing and a curse. So sometimes God does move us, but many times he asks us to stay. But don't stay at a church and not be a part of it. I'm going to encourage you with that. You cannot get the benefits of an open life if you're not figuring out a way to engage with your fellow believers. I really want to encourage you with that because I want you to have a full, open life. I want you to have deep relationships. Sometimes that means sticking it in there even through the hard times. I'm grateful for physical family because we learn that Sometimes we don't like our brothers or sisters. Sometimes our mom and dad or uh, our kids really annoy us. Let's just be real. But because of, of that physical relationship, we have a tendency to stick in there. Well, guys, Jesus' blood is, is deeper than just physically where you were born. So many times the command is to stay there. But you don't have to live a life of discouragement. We are here for you at Open Church. We are here to help you in your discipleship, and that way you can stay fully engaged in your local group of believers. But don't stay away like some habitually do but encourage each other. Even in these pandemic times, figure out, do a Zoom or a Facebook Live um, or a Facebook group meeting or or whatever it takes, guys. Because the church is worth it. And whenever we have open lives and we we are doing life together as a a group, a, a community of believers, it becomes much easier to open our door and to 
to reach out to the world around us and to share the hope and love of Christ. Love you all. Praying for you. Um, if you need anything, uh, we have an email address. It is openchurchpod. So openchurchpod at gmail.com. Openchurchpod at gmail.com. You can email prayer requests or thoughts on lessons. Um, and just remember, we are here for you. We are a place for disciples to be made. And we are here to encourage you in your walk with your local church um, and in your life with the Master Jesus. Thank <laughs> you.